We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek, back for another episode, guys. And in today's episode, we want to talk rookies. Let's talk the rookies. Colts had 12 picks, the most in, I think, the Colts history in the modern era since like 94 or something like that. So with that being said, we wanted to kind of look at all these rookies, the draft pick rookies, that is, um, and talk about some guys that we feel like maybe will have more of an impact, less of an impact from day one. What is the level of impact for each of these draft picks? Just for making it simple, we're just going to go one to ten on the kind of impact we think they're going to have. So we'll start here with the first round guy here that we already know. Got their guy, Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Uh, Derek, there's been some questions on if he's going to start or not, but in terms of one to 10, what kind of impact from day one do you think Anthony Richardson's going to have? Well, obviously he's going to have the biggest impact negatively or positively because, you know, he's now the quarterback of this franchise. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Now we have never gotten a specific answer on whether or not uh, he is actually going to be the quarterback day one. We haven't gotten that answer yet. Uh, my guess is that he will, but um, at the end of the day, we don't 100% know yet. Um, but either way, uh, Anthony Richardson has to have the biggest impact because of just what it relies upon for him. You know, what we saw this last year with terrible quarterback play, if Anthony Richardson can even be semi-competent compared to that, uh, then we will see uh, this team do a lot better uh, in terms of offensive production this next year. And you know what? Even at the end of the day, um, even at the end of the day, even if things don't go great this first year for Anthony Richardson, at least you know this next year, this offense is going to be a hell of a lot more fun. Uh, that's going to be the best part about this is knowing that it may not be a great product next year, but it's going to be a lot more fun to watch with Shane Steichen mixing some things up and you have a lot more speed uh, back there in the backfield now. So it'll be much more interesting to watch on Sundays rather than what we saw last year. Gotcha. So what out of 10, what would you give Richardson here? 
Um, out of ten, uh, I'm definitely giving it a a nine out of ten. You know, because this is uh one of the best situations that uh that you can possibly get yourself in with Anthony Richardson. Just all depends on whether or not Steichen can get him to unlock his true potential. I think I'm just going to go at eight because we could see him early on not play all the games. And I think just for that reason, I mean, I think you're right. You know, when he's on the field, he's going to impact them one way or another. But like, I just do question, like, is he ready just with the lack of experience? He may be, and maybe that'll go up to a nine or a 10, but as it stands right now, where we currently stand on, on Tuesday, May 9th, I'm going to go with an eight just for right now. And we'll see if he plays. That's definitely going up. All right, uh, let's move on to the Colts' second-round selection, number 44 overall, Kansas State cornerback, Julius Brents, Julius Juju Brents, um, had a wrist injury, had some surgery on that, so he's going to probably miss some time up to probably training camp. But when the regular season comes along, he's probably going to play a lot. So so what would you say, Derek, for Juju Brents here? Uh, well, I mean, from an impact standpoint, I would imagine that he's probably going to be, you know, one of the more impactful guys because you're going to be filling that role of probably the number two corner in this entire defense from an outside standpoint. So, I mean, you just, you also have to fill in obviously for the role of what Stefan Gilmore was. So, that's that's big, you know, because not only are you filling in for what was a good corner last year, you're filling in for a great corner last year that won you a lot of games last year with his great defense. That's a lot to take in for a young guy, uh, especially an unfinished guy in uh, Julius Brent. So uh, it'll be he will definitely have the second biggest impact of this entire team because he's in a position where. It's either him or it's another rookie or undrafted guy stepping in for him that's going to end up, you know, having to fill up for that role. And then the defense is riding on it. So if you give Richardson a nine, what does that mean Juju gets for you? Um, for me, I mean, from a uh, the from the most impactful, oh, man, I mean, I would have to say it's right there at a nine with him. I mean, I can't say it's any lower because if you because if you think about it, if Julius Brents goes lower and if Julius Brents ends up not being good next year, it's a it's a it's a bad recipe for the Colts defense because they know because now you have a weakness. Now you have a soft spot on that defense that teams can attack. And we saw last year what that was like going up against Kenny Moore and Brandon Face on last year, you know, what that kind of weakness was being attacked. But if you have it on the outside now with Stefan on where Stefan Gilmore was from before, you're going to you're going to be struggling on defense. Yeah, I definitely would go a nine. I think he's going to play regardless. I think he's going to be your week one starter. And that's why I have a little bit higher than Richardson, just because there's not a question for me that he's going to be the starter and he's going to play a lot of snaps right away. And he's going to maybe even be that number one outside corner. Um, We'll see what happens with Rodgers. But. Yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that's going to have an impact from day one, no question. All right, let's move on now to, to the third round. Uh, pick number 79 overall, North Carolina wide receiver Josh Downs. What do you give him? Uh, I got to give him, uh, I would say, now I'm going to just say this just from an aspect of importance uh, and uh, impact. Probably will go with a seven uh, because 
you know, you have other wide receivers in uh, the grand scheme of things that that are that are going to get involved in this offense, specifically Alec Pierce as well, because of what he entails. But I mean, obviously, Josh Downs is going to have a huge impact because of being in the slot and being uh, a uh, favorite of Anthony Richardson. But like I said, there's other wide receivers on the outside and you know, Josh Downs not going to be the, the 100% slot receiver next year. There's going to be some Isaiah McKenzie thrown in there. There's going to be other packages in which he's not going to be out there. So, you know, a seven, I think is fair because you're not, it's not nearly as impactful as Anthony Richardson or as uh, Julius Brent's, but it is going to be huge for Anthony Richardson to get connected with uh, Josh Downs to try and get those chains moving a lot more. Right. All right. Uh, let's move on now to the fourth round. Uh, pick 106, BYU offensive tackle Blake Freeland. Uh, from a from one out of ten, I'd probably give this one a uh, probably give this one a five because I can't go much higher than that because you know. Blake Freeland is not going to start right away. Uh, just ultimately depends on, you know, if a Bernard Ryman or if a Braden Smith were unfortunately uh, to get injured, then we would see what would, what kind of impact Blake Freeland would have. Uh, I think he's a great solid backup, which is why I would give this a five, but I can't give it any higher because we know he's most likely not going to play unless one of these guys ends up getting injured. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a five that could go up to a 10 real fast. Um, if that does happen now, obviously you hope it doesn't, but yeah, I think you could see him in some packages. You could use him in different ways. You know, if, if Ryman, I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to would win the battle at all, but I think he could definitely push Ryman, um, and make him better at left tackle. And I think he's just going to fill in uh, on both sides. He can play both. He's played both in college and, and so I kind of view that as like a guy that, you know, could play and fill in some snaps if need be. Um, and I think he'll, he will be kind of that, you know, sixth offensive lineman, if you will. Um, certainly that swing tackle, which is oh so important. So I would agree with you. I'd say like a four five around there just because he's not going to play, but he very easily could. And he probably will play a little bit, but he's not going to play every snap like these other two guys probably. So uh, definitely agree with you there. Um, all right, let's move on now to the other pick out of Tommy Waugh. Adebawari, uh, Northwestern defensive lineman, is going to play probably that slide in as that backup three technique position. And we, you know, this is different, Derek, than an offensive lineman because the Colts do and, and teams do rotate defensive linemen a ton um, in here. And so, what kind of impact could he have? Oh, man. Um, I think he's a six right off the bat to potentially going to a number seven. I mean, it just truly depends on how many snaps he gets as a defensive tackle this next year. I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, if he makes it through camp, which I presume he will, uh, he's going to end up being a guy that like is going to have a huge role in this defense because you know, when you're, if you're going to be taking snaps away from DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart on pass down situations, that's a situation where you need to be prepared for that. And I think that he has a very unique skill set that can help him in ways different than what Eric Johnson even could last year. So I'd probably go with a six. And if things go well, he might end up be a seven. 
Yeah, we'll see. I think he does have a little bit more impact than Freeland right off the bat. So I would say, yeah, uh, if I give Freeland a four or five, I'd probably give him a six or a seven. So would agree with you there. All right, let's move on now to a guy here, another DB the Colts took uh, out of South Carolina in the fifth round, the top of the fifth round, cornerback Darius Rush. Mm, that's a tough one because, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know uh, how much time he's going to get because of Julius Brents. Um, I would probably put him in the same boat with Adetamiwa, a six or maybe even a seven. Just depends on uh, what kind of role the Indianapolis Colts have in mind for him. Uh, how many snaps does he actually get? Because, you know, I think he could compete right there with Julius Brents for that number two corner spot. Just to, I think Brents going to end up taking it. But Darius Rush could be a guy that just like Adetamiwa, if he gets snaps, the guy can make some plays. So I'll go with a six. Yeah, I'd probably go with a seven uh, just because that cornerback room is so wide open right now. I really do view it as like anybody could win that competition. I really do think that at this point um, with with this corner room and how young it is and Isaiah Rogers, you know, he's not really the, the typical size for a Gus Bradley corner. So you do wonder, like, does that play a factor? Now, I will say he definitely did get a lot more playing time over face on at the end of the year. So maybe, you know, Gus Bradley kind of feels a little bit differently about him than maybe we think. But, yeah, I do think he's a guy that, you know, you think if he's kind of a factor in his maybe like your you know, backup outside corner slash fourth cornerback. I mean, I think he still will play a significant amount of snaps. And just like with Freeland, um, you know, if an injury happens, I mean, he could easily be in the starting lineup pretty quickly. So I think he's definitely a guy that's going to have a lot of impact. A guy that I think, even though he's a fifth round pick, he's not like a traditional fifth round pick, right? People were thinking he was like a day two guy. So I think he could definitely compete in there. He could definitely uh, do some nice things at the corner room. He's a big corner. So, you know, I think he could, Definitely play some significant snaps for Indy this coming season. So, all right, let's move on now uh, to safety out of Cal, Daniel Scott, another fifth round pick, a couple picks later here for Indianapolis. What kind of impact do you have for him? Um, I would say, I'm going to say definitely uh, around a five. Uh, I know that Daniel Scott, he'll most likely be the fourth safety in this room. Um, and he's going to be primarily a, a special teamer, right? Like that's going to be uh, his role, I would imagine, going into this. Um, and there's just not much more room to fill with that. Maybe even a six if you want to implement that special teams is that important because he is going to play, which I could probably understand the argument for because if like it's different between him and Freeland because Freeland may not play at all versus uh, Daniel Scott actually you know, being able to play a lot of these snaps with the special team. So five, six, probably go in that area. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, special teams. That was kind of why I had him a little bit up there with the five or six as well, just because he's going to play significant snaps right away. And Chris Ballard didn't like necessarily like shut the door on him potentially seeing some snaps at safety. So that is in the back. Well, I think it probably won't happen as much. I think that is still something that is uh, to be considered because really, I mean, outside of Rodney Thomas, Derek, like who do you really have back there? I mean, Julian Blackman, I guess, but like there's a lot of potential opportunity, you know, especially if, you know, like we splashed year, you know, when when the Colts kind of needed another safety and Nick Cross wasn't ready, right? Rodney McLeod stepped into that. So, like, is there a potential opportunity for Daniel Scott to get a look if, again, Nick Cross isn't ready still for some reason? You never know. But it'll be interesting to see, nonetheless, kind of how he factors in. Tight end Will Mallory out of Miami was the second-to-last fifth-round pick here for the Colts. Uh, Definitely a need that we didn't see necessarily for the Colts, but they add some speed to their tight end room. He was the fastest 40 time of any tight end in this draft class. Talk to me about Will Mallory. Oh man. I don't know. You know, it's really hard for me to, um, it's hard for me because again, we have so many tight ends right now that it's hard for me to find a way to think that Will Mallory will find time with this group because, I mean, obviously you still have Moali Cox, you have Jelani Woods, you have Kylan Granson, and then you have Drew Ogletree, who you presume might make it. I mean, Will Mallory, at best, is going to be the fourth tight end in this room, and he may not get a lot of chances with that being the case, because Molly Cox is still there. Jelani Woods is the true bona fide number one tight end moving forward with the Indianapolis Colts because of his skill set. And then Kylan Granson is just basically a slightly smaller Will Mallory. So I'm just thinking of it from that perspective. And I'm just saying, where in this does Will Mallory get a, a opportunity? So I'm a, I'm as it stands right now, I'll go with a four, like, because I just don't see a time in which Will Mallory's going to get on the football field. Now, obviously through training camp, if Will Mallory lights the hell up out of this thing, then obviously we could see a situation where maybe he jumps Granson. Maybe they move Moale Cox back because Moale Cox is not the same athlete as any of these guys are. Maybe that's something that happens, but um, it's just one of those situations where I don't know if I could see it. Sure. That makes sense. All right. Um, let's move on now to the last fifth round pick. The Colts had 176 overall from the Stefan Gilmore trade, Northwestern running back, Evan Hall. Uh, you know, I mean, again, you have Jonathan Taylor, you have Zach Moss. So your number one and number two are already there. And then you got to compete with guys like Deion Jackson, who, you know, over the last several years has shown he's a guy that can really catch balls out of the backfield and run really hard behind an offensive line. So 
I like Evan Hall. I like him as a person. I think he's a, a fantastic, well-spoken man. Uh, I just am wondering again, how uh, how is it going to work when it comes to, uh, you know, the group and everything else and running back is such a difficult, it's such a difficult thing uh, to get into. If you're not going to be a bona fide number one or number two, uh, I'll do the same thing as I did with Will Mallory. I'll go with a four, just not a hundred percent certain yet on what's going to be of Evan Hall. I think I look at Evan Hall and I say, this guy led the college football and catches for a running back last year. Like, so that's nothing to, to, to just ignore. So, for me, I'm going to go five or six just because, like, I think he's going to beat out Deion Jackson. I just think he offers you so much more from a receiving back standpoint, and that is such a critical role. We've seen it in Shane Steichen's systems the last couple of years. Like, there's such a critical role for that third running back. Not that he can't do that in Deion Jackson, but Evan Hall just does it so much better. So I just kind of view that as, like, you know, Deion Jackson had a chance to show something last year in terms of the receiving department when Naheem Hines got shipped out. He really didn't. So, you know, how much of that is just the Colts offense and the ineptitude last year versus Deion Jackson? I don't know. Um, it really would be one that I'm going to monitor a whole lot during training camp, probably one of my most important position battles that nobody's talking about. And I'm really looking forward to that as well. So just for that sake, I think he's going to get used. He's obviously not going to be the starter, and he's not probably going to see a ton of snaps. But I think he's going to see a decent amount. And I think he's going to be used in that way and kind of add a new wrinkle to the Colts offense with Shane Steichen. So I'm just going to go probably that for Evan Hull. Now let's move on now to the one six-round pick and the pair of seventh-round picks that the Colts had. I want to talk about Titus Leo got a Wagner defensive end. What are your thoughts on him? It's so interesting because again, I don't, I, I am so clueless on just what Titus Leo can actually do. Obviously uh, a physical athlete to say the least on that edge, you know, so big, so strong, so fast, you know, we'll see how he does with, you know, not having played in, you know, a, division three school, um, how um, he does with it. I mean, you know, Ballard has definitely tried multiple, um, multiple, what is it now? Multiple years in a row where he goes for these small school guys to try to mix him with this. Um, um, I'll probably do the same thing that I would do when it comes to, uh, Will and Evan probably go with a four again you know, I'm just still not finding 100% certainty on where he would mix in with this, especially since Indianapolis loaded up a lot with the defensive linemen this year. So it'll be hard to see him find a spot. I would probably go two or three just because I think he's going to be I think he's going to be practice squad. I don't really see a role for him on the active 53 man. This is the first player that I would say. I don't really see much of a chance of him making the final 53, man, unless he just lights the world on fire in training camp in the preseason and he's just killing people and he was productive in college. But again, you know, making the leap up from Wagner to the NFL is a huge leap. So, you know, that is something that he's going to have to do just like EJ Speed did a couple of years ago. So um, that is definitely something I'm going to be uh, kind of monitoring is like Titus Leo and kind of because I don't know a whole lot about him outside of the little bit of tape and a little bit of things we've heard about him. So. I'll be intrigued by that, but I think he's practice squad. All right, let's move on now to the next guy, uh, the first guy in the seventh round, Texas A&M corner, Jalen Jones. Uh, Jalen Jones, I could see a situation um, 
where I'll probably go with a five for Jalen Jones because I see the potential for Jalen Jones to round out the remainder of the cornerback group and probably could get a a few snaps here and there because of his intangibles and the way that uh, the scouts talk about him. So I would probably go with a five for Jalen Jones and his potential to get a few this year. I think so. I think he's going to be battling like Dallas Flowers, Tony Brown, you know, back there for the back end of the roster. Now, obviously, Dallas Flowers probably has a leg up just because he played in the system a year and he also can, you know, provide some stuff in the return department. So, but I'll probably go four or five here for Jalen Jones just because, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he's a big corner, physical corner. He's, you know, played in the SEC, he, you know, and all that stuff. But like, there's so many other corners here. I'll just be intrigued to see kind of where he fits in here. But for right now, I'll go with that. And then let's talk about the last guy here, Northern Michigan offensive tackle, Jake Witt. I'll probably go the same thing as I did with Freeland at a five. Um, It's just all going to depend on uh, if something were to happen to Braden Smith or to Bernard Ryman. And that's just ultimately going to depend on whether or not Jake Witt is going to get any potential playing time. I view him as a practice squad guy, so I'm going to go two or three. I'm going to go probably similar to him. Him and Titus Leo will probably be the two practice squad guys for me um, right away, and I just kind of figure, you know, and then they can afford to do that, right? Both these guys are projects. You know, obviously Titus Leo is more of the small school guy. I guess Jake Witt is as well here, but, you know, uh, Jake Witt's a guy that a lot of people view as like, you know, take a flyer on him, let him develop, and he could turn into something. So I don't necessarily see him being a roster guy. Maybe he is that fourth tackle, but uh, I definitely think he'll probably be right around the practice squad and the culture trying to develop him and kind of tap into some of that talent that they've seen because he's so raw and so fresh. He's not really not played a whole lot of games at offensive tackle. So I'm intrigued to see kind of him down the line, but I think immediate impact, probably go two or three. Uh, All right. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Let us know your thoughts overall on all of these picks and their potential day one impact for the Indianapolis Colts. Do you agree with what I said? Do you agree with more maybe with what Derek said on some picks? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. But that will do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.